We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at-bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at-bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Kester. This is Sports Daily on Wichita's number one sports radio, 97.5 and 1240 KFH. He's got all the insight of what you want to know and maybe some of what you don't want to know. Here's K-State insider Tim Fitzgerald. All right, welcome back into Sports Daily. Jacob Albrock, Tommy Caster. We are joined by Tim Fitzgerald of GoPowerCat.com. I believe it was Michael Scott, Fitz, that said, my, how the turntables. Uh, we, we, I feel like we went from, like, the great coaching job, and, I, and I don't, I'm not wavering from that. I think they have done a nice job, but, like, contending for a Big 12 title, I don't think, in fact, I know a lot of people don't understand or realize, like, K-State right now, as of right now, is not making the NCAA tournament. I, I don't think people are understanding that's where we're at on February 1st. They've got a lot of work to do yep. to get in. They sure do, and, and they've got a lot of questions that need answers, and I don't know if they can come up with the answers, not because – they're not good enough coaches or a good enough team. I don't just don't think those answers exist to solve the ball handling issues they're having, you know, the lack of a true point guard and creator and someone who kind of gets, you know, how to make those around them better. Um, <clears throat> and also are getting bullied on the backboards right now. And seems like they should have that answer, but boy, I, I don't see it in actual game product. Even when they're focusing on it, it doesn't seem to be getting done. So They've got a couple major things, and probably the biggest problem right now is they're three games into a losing streak. Saturday, they go to Oklahoma State to play the only unranked team in this kind of mid-stretch of the Big 12 schedule. And then they come on to play Kansas and go to BYU. Guys, if they don't win Saturday, this thing could spin wildly out of control on the Wildcats. And uh, after starting 4-1, and that would be really disappointing. You know, you go to the the three games that they've lost in a row. I mean, you're talking about three top 25 teams in the conference. Yeah. And for me, it's not as much about the fact that they lost the games, but at least in the last two, the margin in, in which they did lose those games. I mean, getting blown out by Houston, a 20-point loss to Oklahoma. That's the concerning part to me is that really neither one of those games were particularly close. And especially if you go back to the game on Tuesday in the first half, the Wildcats couldn't make a shot 
uh, at all in the first half. How concerned are you about just the lack of offensive production, especially against really top-tier opponents? Yeah. Um, I think the only one of those games I'm really disappointed in was that Oklahoma game on Tuesday inside Bramlage just because, uh, you know, the lack of, I don't want to say effort because I don't know that it was effort, um, just of ability to solve problems on the court. <clears throat> I couldn't figure out how to handle that pressure. And I'm just going to say that I, I think Houston's now put on the film um, exactly how to just really give K-State problems. And Oklahoma replicated that. And I thought they replicated it extremely well in the first half and just took K-State out of everything they wanted to do. And any capable team from here on out will try to do the exact same things defensively that we've seen Houston and, and Oklahoma perform so well to great effectiveness when it by 20 points. Uh, Fitz, you've really upset the dog with the with not being upset enough at the Houston <laughs> loss, I think. When you said you, the only one that bothers you is that, I think the dog's saying, hang on a minute, it's not acceptable to yeah, lose to yeah. Houston by that kind of margin. Um, I, You know, it, what what gets really interesting about it in the Big 12 this year, so, so when we talk about it'll just reset for people, K-State being on the outside looking in, yeah, they're tied for sixth in the Big 12, but we know the tournament committee doesn't care about that. They're the 12th ranked team in the Big 12 in the net and in the Ken Palm. Like all the metrics right now are against K-State. That's what they have to overcome. And, you know, my contention has been and, and was as I've looked at this, like it doesn't really matter. I mean, you can't lose to Oklahoma State or West Virginia, but it doesn't really matter if if and when they lose any games down the stretch. They're going to have to have a collection of wins against these other teams playing BYU twice, I think is really advantageous for them. Um, but it, it's more, it's going to be more about how many wins, you know? So if, if you've got Oklahoma state and West Virginia as two of your final 10, let's, let's put those aside. So of the other eight, which are all going to be against ranked or borderline ranked teams or teams, at least at the metrics, like of those eight, how many wins is it going to take to improve their resume enough to move up into that net ranking enough to actually get into the tournament. I think it might be half of them. I think they might need four of those wins out of those eight games. Uh, that Well, I I think, you know what? You might be right. <laughs> um, I, I know Jerome Chang said nine and I don't get them in. I think that's probably right. Uh, but to guarantee you're in, um, the way this team's kind of, been struggling maybe they need that 10th conference win but I think nine and nine will probably get them in and, and so let's say you, you're going to count Saturday as a win and when West Virginia comes to Manhattan as a win it gets you the six you got to find three more and and <clears throat> they also kind of need to be the right ones um you know you sweep BYU and you know knock off Cincinnati is the committee going to go Woo, they're loaded now I don't think so I think uh, winning on Saturday and then coming back home and and uh, beating Kansas on Big Monday would kind of uh, maybe uh, shore up that foundation. Uh, is that the right way to say it? it? Try to get them closer to that. But uh, guys, I'm going to be really honest. Right now, this team just needs to win games. And I don't, if if it's against Kansas, that's great. Um, they've missed their chance against Houston. They've got Texas coming up, which is an overvalued asset in this conference. Um, and they've got some opportunities to make a statement, uh, but I come back to this. 
Do they have the players that can solve the problems that have now been put on film uh, and to, to get this team back on track? I honestly don't think they do, and, and it's very concerning. But these are great coaches, and I, I know they uh, are certainly a lot smarter than me, a talking monkey, um, about how to solve basketball problems. So we'll see what they look like Saturday against a lesser opponent. Um, that you know might be right now the equal of Kansas State, unfortunately. Well, I think that brings up a really good point, Fitz. I thought that Porter Mosier did a really good job following through yeah. on what he talked about in taking away a combination of Arthur Kaluma, Cam Carter, or Tyler Perry. He took away Kaluma, took away Carter. Those two guys on Tuesday were 3 of 20 from the field for nine combined points. In your mind, and I know it's an X's and O's thing, and Jerome Tang I know is probably working on that right now. In your mind, what do you think they need to do to ensure that sort of thing doesn't happen again? they got to have some semblance of offense. Um, I don't see them even running plays. Oklahoma wouldn't let them get into a position to set up offense uh, for the first, you know, 10 minutes of the game or so. This made it almost impossible for K-State to even engage the offense because it would just trap Tyler Perry, who isn't used to being trapped because he's an off guard, not a, a point guard typically. And and he, I'll be honest, he didn't handle it well. Now, he, he scored a lot of points in the second half and kept K-State in contact. And that's something they need from him. But um, they also need a point guard that's going to improve the players around him and create opportunities for them to score uh, instead of just kind of passing it around or or dribbling until the shot clock's down to almost zero and dumping it in someone's hands and say, you take the shot to miss. Uh, It's just been frustrating to watch this this brand of basketball because this team was better. Um, But, uh, you know, I've been saying this all along. The Big 12 isn't just a gauntlet. It will expose every flaw, uh, every chink in your armor. And and I, I tell you what, it, uh, that's what's happened to Kansas State right now. It's it's all out there. Uh, so it's incumbent upon the, the players and coaches to solve the problems because the problems have now been exposed. Is, are, yeah. are they better? Like, are, or are they who we thought they were to begin with? Right. Like if we go all the way back and we've always struggled, all of us collectively, I think anybody who follows this team going into the year, we had a hard time understanding what is the ceiling for this team. If if we're being honest with ourselves and we look at the roster, I think it's very much within the realm of possibility that they were they were playing above who they are. And this is maybe who they are. And and they are a bottom half of the Big 12 team, just on paper. I mean, I, I absolutely think that's possible here, don't you, without Naquan Tomlin? Oh, yeah. I mean, I think that's exactly it. With that. And Quez Glover would have just helped maybe alleviate some of these issues at guard, get, give you another choice at least to try. Um, but let's not forget this team beat Villanova and Baylor in Barrowman's Coliseum. Um, two pretty decent teams. Uh, that, you know, they've got good wins uh, over some, you know, really nice teams. But I, I tell you what, if this team right now lined up with Villanova and Baylor and inside Barrowman's Coliseum, I think they lose both of those games. Uh, they, they've lost their confidence more than anything right now. Um, and it's, I, I'll be really honest here, guys. I think Jerome Tang has got himself a little bit distracted, uh, you know, by Spygate, by the officials at Houston. Um, I, I just think he, you know, after the Oklahoma game, he took the blame. We don't know exactly why 
what happened that, um, you know, made him feel like this was really on him. That wasn't a coach just saying that to take pressure off his players. I feel like Jerome Tang really feels like he did something or didn't do something in the course of the preparations for Oklahoma that negatively impacted the team. And maybe that was worrying too much about um, external things and and now getting that shut back out and trying to move in, move along with your team is probably what they need to do. Oklahoma State is not a good basketball team. But when these two teams matched up before inside Bramlage, it was only a four-point win for the Wildcats. And now they're going down to Stillwater this weekend. Uh, You know, for this team to be able to bounce back, before you enter into a stretch where you mentioned, you know, Kansas coming inside Bramlage uh, on the road at BYU, TCU at home, which is another ranked opponent. What do you uh, think Kansas State has to do against Oklahoma State in this first game to have a more positive outlook before they enter into this really, really difficult stretch? They have to rediscover their ability to attack the rim, uh, you know, to, to play more aggressive offense. And that that doesn't happen by dribbling the ball around a whole bunch. It happens with crisp passes and cuts, and you know, making yourself available and understanding the spacing on the floor. Uh, this team's kind of just lost itself on the offensive end. And um, yeah, Oklahoma State gave them problems. I thought Oklahoma State played one of their better games of the season when they came to Manhattan <clears throat> and should have won that game. That game went to overtime in case they won. Um, and uh, yeah, that that should have their attention. There's no doubt about it. They almost punked you on your own court. You probably want to go down there and take care of business to, to search yourselves, and we'll see if that's possible. Guys, I think this is an enormous game for this entire season. Um, lose, and you could fall into a tailspin um, that just absolutely unravels everything. When you have an opportunity then uh, to get yourself you know, back on your feet, because uh, you're 5-4 in the conference, and you – you go win another game in a stretch and you're going to come out of it at, at 500 in the conference and kind of keep it on pace. So it's huge for this program and this team this year. Outside of chasing all this, what do you guys have going for us at uh, gopowercat.com pits? Well, I don't know if you can hear, but uh, my leaf removal team finally showed up. Did they come in November? <laughs> no, December? No. January? Listen, I'm waiting. Uh, I'm waiting on mine. I'm waiting on mine. Been a little too wet out there, which I guess is an acceptable yeah. reason. Yeah, whatever. Anyhow, that has nothing to do with what we're doing at Go Power Cat. Uh, Big 12 fans, we're doing a daily show on the Big 12. My friend Brian Hanley, former K-State offensive lineman, is hosting it. 1 p.m. on YouTube, Tuesday through Friday. We do the K-State version of it on Mondays. Um, you know, I, I think it's a really good show. He's got some interesting guests. A lot of publishers from around the Big 12 are the initial wave of guests as we try to get them established on the show. And we're just trying some really fun stuff with Go Power Cat. Uh, and coming up here in just a little bit, we're going to release our, our staff's thoughts on, on the football schedule, uh, person by person picking, you know, the, the game that could be, you know, the, the most challenged, the most winnable, all those kind of answers. Uh, I think it's a fun piece of content, and that should be releasing at 11 a.m. Hey, one more. Somebody's, what? Yeah, somebody yeah. real quick on your schedule there, Fitz, and then Tommy's got one yeah. more. I, I did see that. They, I don't. I wish I could remember the source of this. Somebody metrically put up the strength of schedules, and guess who's at the top? KUK State. Let's go. Uh, in terms of the Big 12? 
in terms of being favorable, like the most favorable schedules. Oh, uh, favorable. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, and they were just, you know, I don't, I, I haven't looked enough at it. I just literally, somebody sent me that this morning. Yeah. I, that's very interesting. I, I don't necessarily see that, but I do see, uh, schedules. It's just so hard to grade a schedule right now with, four teams just one year into the Scott conference and four more coming in with no years. And it's hard to kind of, yeah, it seems that this adds up to this. It's tough to wrap your mind around. I'll say this. I see no obvious losses. I see no, um, I think the biggest challenge of the season to give away one of my answers uh, will be the last game going to Iowa state, uh, Farmageddon, Snowageddon, whatever getting, uh, this series has amped up and it's kind of turned from a friendly rivalry now with a little heat in it. And I, you know, I think that's going to be a big challenge for KC. Hey Fitz, we can't let you go without mentioning women's basketball. They lose last night yeah. to unranked Oklahoma 66 to 63. That's only the second loss of the season for the Wildcats who had moved up to number two in the top 25. Is this still a team that you think can win a national championship? I know that they're waiting yeah. on Aoka Lee to get back healthy and all of that, but where do you stand on what happened after last night? Yeah. I mean, yeah, you, you take an all American off of most teams. They're going to have <clears throat> some games in which they struggle. And now uh, keep in mind, they won what their first three without her. Yep. Um, and and now, you know, just like on the men's side, now they put on film exactly what they're doing without her. Uh, and I think teams are catching up to it. Like they, they go to Texas on Saturday. So I think this will probably be a two-loss two week for the women. Uh, that'll drop them, you know, down in the polls, not too far, because I think the voters understand what's going on. But um, I, I think this could really work out. They, they're going to carve out an identity without her. People are going to have to step up and really fill the gap. Uh, and help this team improve, and then they'll get her back, in, in theory. They'll get her back um, with a few weeks to go in the season. Um, she's rested. Hopefully she's healthy, uh, and this team can really kind of surge as the season wraps up and heads into the postseason. I, I still think this yeah, is a, a, a valid challenger for the Big 12 title and national you know, Final Four. It's a four-week injury initially from uh, you know being announced on January 19th. Uh, for folks wondering when she'll get back. that's I think that's the last update we've had on it. All right, Fitz, uh, we yeah. appreciate it. Thanks for the time. Go follow Fitz at Life of Fitz on uh, X and go to gopowercat.com for all your K-State needs. Thanks, Fitz. Thanks, boys. <sighs> all right, Wildcat fans, by the way, gopowercat.com's Powercat podcast. Uh, the latest poll and transfer portal news, all the things Fitz was just talking about. You can find it on the Odyssey app, so go download that. Uh, now, Odyssey app's fantastic. You can find this show podcasted out there, too. Uh, check it out. Great resource to get all of your podcasting needs out of the way. We're going to take a quick break. We'll give away some HTO later this hour. Tommy, what's up? Yeah, so some breaking news I know we're going to get to after the commercial break. Dan Quinn to the Washington Commanders. Just announced new head coach for the Commanders. Little heat there in the NFC East. We'll get into that. They finally announced their coach. Uh, I think the more interesting thing is two of the hot names, Slowick, Johnson, returning to their teams. What does that say? Then maybe we get a little conspiracy related on that when we come back on Sports Daily.
All right, welcome back in. Tommy mentioned the breaking news there right before the break. Uh, Dan Quinn is the new Washington coach, and that means Bill Belichick, Mike Vrabel, Pete Carroll, Eric Bieniemy uh, are not hired. I think the most interesting names, though, to not get hired, well, th- those may be the most interesting, but Slowick and Ben Johnson don't get hired. Again, Ben Johnson sticks around in Detroit. All of those big names st- stick around uh, in free agency. I think conspiracy theorists will continue to opine that maybe they're waiting around for a Chiefs opening. Um, I, I just, I, again, though, I don't see it. I don't see Andy Reid stepping away. I could be wrong. It is odd that a lot of these hottest names are turning down jobs. Washington might be the most odd, Tommy, because they're going to get to take a quarterback early, right? Like, yeah. they, they, they are going to be in a position to take a quarterback, and maybe you don't like the quarterbacks if you're one of these guys. That's possible. I really like the Dan Quinn hire for them, just on the record here. Um, it sucks that he's leaving Dallas. I think that they'll be okay. Um I think that they'll be okay, but it, but it's interesting. And I didn't even see that Seattle hired Mike McDonald. Who's Mike McDonald? He's the Where defensive he the defensive coordinator for the Ravens. Okay, so now we're going to have a Mike McDaniel and a Mike McDonald. Correct. Is that am yeah, I am I accurate there? That is correct. That's not okay. I'm not. Gonna, that's <laughs> not. That doesn't need to be a thing. Maybe we call him uh, Michael McDonald. And isn't there a, a musical artist, a singer named Michael McDonald? Something like that, and he's and he's great. So yeah. Mike McDonald, who I've never heard of before, uh, is now the head coach of Seattle. He's 36 years old. Um, I, it, I, it makes sense. Baltimore's defense was fantastic. Seattle always breathes suits defense. So the hire makes sense. It's fine. I just never heard of him before. I'm telling you, if uh, a guy like Mike McDonald, and I know he had a good, really good defense in Baltimore, if he can get a head coaching job, Steve Spagnola should get another head coaching job in the National Football League. I'm surprised that he's not yeah. been on the radar uh, for a head coaching job. He might be very happy with where he was, and he's been a head coach before. He coached the Rams when they were in St. Louis for a couple of years, and it wasn't very good. So maybe he doesn't want to be a head coach again. Um, but, man, like he's done, obviously, phenomenal work with the Kansas City defense. Yeah, look, I, I, it's, it also comes into, like, how much do you... We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. I think he wants to leave. Yeah. Too. Right? Like, I, I, you get to a certain point, and life's good. 
right? You, you enjoy things, and I and he could be very much a part of that too. Um, I, I it's it's just like these these it's inter- it's been an interesting cycle. I like the Dan Quinn hire for Washington. Washington, and and honestly, it's I I thought Ron Rivera was the right hire. I'm not sure there's a lot of coaches who could have navigated the hot mess that's been Washington for a while. So, I it's it's similar a little bit to me to Ron Rivera, right? Guy that's had Super Bowl experience, you know, defensive minded, all of those things. And it, it just it does make sense wasn't, to have that sort of stability. Wasn't Dan Quinn's Super Bowl experience blowing that twenty eight to three lead when it he was, was the Falcons coach? Yep, it was. But he had the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Uh Ron Rivera didn't have a good Super Bowl experience either, if I recall. Yeah. Um it was that Carolina so, game against the Broncos. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So I, but that's okay. I mean, d- just getting there is you know, difficult. And and so I like it for Washington. You bring him in from your rival, that part of it is fun. They're they're looking for stability, if nothing else. They almost had to make a change at head coach, but I think I, I think it's a nice steady change for them, and we'll see what else happens. I do think it's interesting though that Ben Johnson, even more than Slowick, because Slowick's kind of a late riser. Ben Johnson's been the hot name for a while. It's interesting that he's not taking any of these jobs because seemingly everybody wants him to be their coach. I know he's asked for a lot of money, according to some reports, but this is the NFL. They don't care about that for the most part. It's interesting that he's coming back to Detroit. I don't know what that means. I don't know if he's that bought into Dan Campbell. We obviously saw Dan Quinn return to Dallas two times now when he was, you know, definitely could have been a head coach somewhere else. Maybe it's just that, or maybe, maybe there's this elephant in the room that we've heard, you know, rumored whatever about Andy Reid and again like I don't I don't buy that but it it's odd that a lot of these guys didn't take jobs I think that with Ben Johnson and Slowick the guy from Houston I think it's as simple as both of them didn't particularly like the jobs that were available and thought they could go back to their current teams and coach there again and in the case of Ben Johnson if the reporting is accurate that he wanted a lot of money, maybe he didn't like the teams that were open, the the jobs that were open, and he thought, hey, if you want me to go coach a a team like the Washington Commanders, you're going to have to pay me a lot of money to make that happen, and you know they weren't willing to do that. So I I think it could be as simple as that. I think the Belichick-Vrabel dynamic is a little bit more interesting. I take Pete Carroll out of it because I'm not sure that – I'm not sure Pete Carroll was necessarily a viable candidate for any other – head coaching position, but I do think it was interesting that in the case of Bill Belichick, the only interview he got was with the Falcons, and he got two of them. He, nobody else interviewed Bill Belichick. I think it's interesting that the coaching carousel is now done, and Mike Vrabel is not a head coach of the National Football League. That is interesting to me. I don't exactly know how that plays out. I think Vrabel could potentially be a guy that you look at, he could be a good maybe broadcaster for a year, and then wait. I mean, because keep in mind, Sean Payton, didn't coach for a year. He sat out and he broadcasted and he waited for the team that he wanted to come available. And then he went and took that job. That could be the same sort of scenario with Vrabel and Belichick, but I'm not sure that I'm ready yet to connect the dots that it has anything to do with these weird rumblings about Andy Reid. Belichick and the bill in the Cowboys is also interesting. If they decided to make a change, maybe take a year off. Yeah. Uh, so 
listen, we, we've talked about the names involved here. But if I told you of all those openings and all the names we knew that would be out there that Mike McDonald, Brian Callahan, uh, Dave Canales, Raheem Morris, and 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 now Mike McDonald would have been the names like, uh, really? Well, and the biggest name guy to get a head coaching job is obviously Jim Harbaugh. That that was the one, right? That, and that's that the job down. I think a lot of people would have taken. Yeah. But he he would have been first choice, right? Like that that one is because he, they got their guy. But I, think. I mean, look at the trend in the NFL where you're the teams are going younger. They're going with coaches for the most part that are you know up and comers and that sort of thing. Um, it's happened over the years, and it's happening more and more so. And that's why you've got Dave Canales and Mike McDonald. I don't count Raheem Morris because he's been a head coach before in right. the NFL. Yep. Um, but even the teams that just ended up bringing in, you know, promoting their interim coach or their first choice in Antonio Pierce with the Raiders and Gerard Mayo with, with the Patriots, we're talking about a lot of first-time NFL head coaches, but that's worked for teams in the past. Mike McDaniel, Kyle Shanahan, Matt LaFleur, Sean McVay. That's happening a lot more today in, in the NFL, and I think a lot of teams are wanting to jump onto that. Yeah, and look, for for the you know well-talked-about issue that the league has faced about diversity and its coaching hires, you know, three of the – how many openings were there? Six? Seven. Seven. Three of them are, you know, are up and coming. Well – Let's three are black coaches. Two are black coaches who have never been head coaches. That's good. That's a good cycle, I think, as the league faces that challenge. And you got to think about it too. Like it was like, you know, for for anybody that ever looks at that as a political issue, like Gerard Mayo and and Antonio Pierce, those are one hundred percent like merit based. Like that's that's good for the league. Like that is awesome. Both of those guys, like the the organizations absolutely went with those guys because they like it's just it's good to see I don't ever like to wonder about that conversation I like to hope that you know it's not an issue and and this is a positive sign in that way too and then you also get some of the trend I mean Harbaugh's like the only old head I guess Dan Quinn's an old head then here today but it is like it's a lot of change and I, I don't know because you've got Andy Reid in there right Kyle Shanahan's not young he's been around for a long time Jim Harbaugh, John, sorry, John Harbaugh, if you just look at the conference championship games, you had sort of one newcomer, and that's it. So what is the better option? It's fascinating. It's a league of trends. I, I don't know the answer, but you have you have three out of the four conference championship teams by not newcomer coaches. Like yep. Those are guys that have been there for a long time. I'm ready to say it, and I hate saying it, but I'm ready to say it. Eric Bieniemy is never going to be an NFL head coach. I just, so I, again, I just don't think it's going to happen. I, I don't, I, I don't, I've never subscribed to him not getting the job because of the color of his no, skin. No, I'm not saying that at all. But, but for a long time, it was like, it, it was, that was where you almost had to go. Like, why? Like, this but doesn't if, make any sense. If Dave Canales is getting a head coaching job in the National Football League, and if... Mike McDonald. I mean, and I'm not saying those guys are bad coaches and not deserving of head coaching jobs, but we really hadn't heard a lot about them before. And their head and Eric Bieniemy is not. He is not going to be a head coach. Yeah, what I'm saying is there's always been something else there that's not like some obvious thing. 
whether it's coming in conversations that are had behind closed doors among other people in the league, whether it's coming in the interview process, whether it's just some of what we heard out of Washington today that you're just afraid of that style translating with the modern player. I don't know what it is, but I, I, I agree with you. I don't know. I mean, I think, you know, if you're B enemy, where could B enemy go where you end up with a lame duck coach that you could get an interim opportunity? Pittsburgh? Could he go? To, I mean, I, I know that Mike Tomlin is they're coming interviewing, back this year, uh, but they're interviewing. Uh, what's they, his they, face? They hired Atlanta, Arthur, Arthur, Smith. Arthur Smith. They did hire him. They, they did, did hire him. him. Yeah, okay. I forgot about uh, that. Where could you go? Where could you go if you're B enemy to find the lame duck scenario? Where team doesn't really have a choice to, but to give you the opportunity. Buffalo, if it doesn't work out with Sean McDermott, um, the the Jets, if it doesn't we work don't, out he with may Robert keep Sala, his he may keep his job. And oh, that would be good. He may keep his. How would you? How do you think Bienemy and Aaron Rodgers would get along? Uh, <laughs> God, that'd be. Yeah. Can we get Hard Knocks again, please? Uh, even though I've never watched Hard Knocks, that'd be great. I, I we don't know he may keep his job in Washington right I, I I don't know that he's been fired or anything I don't I don't think I've seen that it, it it's what a strange that that's a strange one right yeah like Ben Johnson isn't taking these jobs but it seems like that's of his own choice yep Eric Bieniemy's interviewed for a lot of jobs but hasn't gotten the job so I don't know like I I don't. I, I don't know I want to know what the next I I understand with Belichick that you know. It sounds like broadcasting may be in his future, at least for a year. And then the comments about, you know, from Jerry Jones about how he feels like he could work really well with Belichick. That, to me, looks like maybe something down the road if it doesn't work out with McCarthy. But I'm really curious about what's going to happen with Mike Vrabel. Does he take a defensive coordinator job somewhere? I feel like he's a head coach. Yeah, he go to does, he take, does he yeah. take a year? Does he go to Dallas and, and work, you yeah. know, under? But if there's that connection with Belichick, you know, would Vrabel be a good guy to maybe be that, you know, next step in if, if it doesn't work out with McCarthy? Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, because. But would he want to do Jerry that Jones, for a year? I don't know if he'd want to do that Jones for a can, year. Jerry Jones can overpay a coordinator. He's done it lots with Dan Quinn. But if you're Vrabel, yeah, you may want to take a year off, maybe, I guess. But he's interviewed for jobs. Why not go with go work with Micah Parsons and Diggs in the secondary that they've put together and guilt like that's a great spot for him. And then yeah, there may just be if McCarthy gets canned, there's the you know arguably one of the best jobs in football staring yeah. at you in the face. Yeah, and then interesting. That, then that moves away from Belichick potentially as I, I mean I don't think Bill Belichick's not going to be the defensive waiting. coordinator of the Cowboys, no. uh, mm-hmm. but. You know, Vrabel could be like go go be the DC if if you want to coach. I mean, he's going to have the. It, I don't think he's in a position where he has to do that, but I also don't think he's in a position where it's a shoe in that he does get that other opportunity, right? And so it may be the best career move too to jump right back in there and remind people of these things. It would be a. I mean, I'd be on board with that fit. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. are you kidding me? I'd love to have Vrabel as the defensive coordinator. Uh, bring well, you that wanted energy Vrabel as the head coach. It. You wanted him. I would take Vrabel. when McCarthy. Yes. you know. I, yeah, I would take Vrabel as the head coach right now. Uh, but I, because I just don't, I, I think his teams are generally prepared very well. Um, yeah, I would. So sure, I'd be on board with that. What a, what a fascinating thing. I, I don't. Man, this Andy Reid thing. I. I I'm generally like, uh, if there's smoke, there's some sort of fire, and there is smoke. 
I, I don't I'm not subscribing this to I just I, I cannot imagine him or Kelsey stepping away right now. The only thing I don't I don't uh subscribe to that notion that he's going to retire. The only thing that sticks out to me is that he's not definitively said that he's not he has in the past. But ever well, since I mean, this smoke has come up in the last week or two, I'm not sure I've seen him come out and say this is all ridiculous. I'm not I'm not leaving. Look, it doesn't make any sense to even ask him right now. Like, honestly, sometimes, like, you get into those situations and you're like, okay, I got to ask him the question, right? Like, I, like you, you have to ask what, but you don't, because if you, if you know what the answer is when you're preparing for a Super Bowl, it, you're not, you, there's no need to waste everybody's time either. You're not going to say anything right now. You kind of have to lean into people that are talking to people close to the situation that might but I, I just I just can't imagine Andy Reid doing anything but coaching football and coaching Mahomes and and doing this thing I, I don't know I don't know but maybe maybe that has something to do with some of these coaching hires that surprised us maybe not but whatever we're, we're having fun it's the off week of the Super Bowl might as well bring it up 869-1240 on the way out. Let's give away some HTO. We'll give away some iced tea and some brew house coffee. The iced tea, more than 25 flavors available for you at either the Wichita East or West location or in Derby. The brew house coffee drinks, iced or hot, are available for you in Derby as well as the East Wichita location. First caller to the KFH hotline, 869-1240. We'll get those right now. Chad will get us a winner. We'll come back. Last full segment of Sports Daily right after this. Welcome back in, everybody. Tim wins some HTO brew house coffee and iced tea. Congratulations to Tim uh, as we roll through giveaways. Always trying to give stuff away to you here on KFH. Always happy to do that. Um, So we get sort of a night off from college basketball here. You'll hear the Jerome Tang show tonight, which will be a really interesting one at 7 o'clock right here on KFH. Uh, but we get the night off from it, and it's it, and so we started to talk about this just briefly, and we'll spend a few minutes on it. Just like stepping back and looking at this college basketball season, is anybody really, really good? I don't know. And you know, we know teams are like P- Purdue, UConn, Houston. Right? You know, if you still consider Kansas, and the, the same cast is there that probably we thought would be there. Um, but I don't know that any of them are running away from the field, so to say. And Houston playing in Lawrence this weekend may have the best opportunity any team's had all year to to sort of do that. But it's it's been an interesting year. And maybe that's the norm now, Tom. Maybe that's the future of college basketball. Maybe that's just what we need to get used to. UConn certainly wasn't that team in the regular season last year. Now, they look like it in the postseason. Um, but maybe that's just the transfer portal. Maybe that we won't have dominant teams like that. Where is Kentucky, too? Didn't they get, like, an all-world, seven-foot, you know, European player into their mix? I remember seeing them early in the year. I don't even think they're in the top 25, but I remember seeing them early in the year. No, they're thinking, 
They're tenth in the in the rankings. Kentucky where, is. Where, what am I? Yeah, they're right behind Kansas and Marquette at number nine. Oh, I'm not looking at the AP here. I'm looking at CBS Sports's top twenty-five and one, and they don't have Kentucky in there. So that's not the AP ranking. But yeah. Um. But either way, they're not like. They're not running away from anything there. Now, that's a team I would be interested in late. Where are they in the Ken Palm? Let's, uh, let's take a look. Because uh, they added, I haven't watched much of that seven-footer. Yeah, they're all the way down at 23 in the Ken Palm. That's probably why CBS doesn't have them very high. Um, but it, it's just like, there. It, it's a strange one. It is a strange year. It does feel, like as open as it feels in the Big 12, it feels that open nationally to me. Well, that's a big reason why in all these conversations we've had about the Jayhawks, and if I'm concerned about their prospects and all of that. I'm, I'm really not because there is so much parity this season in college basketball. And there have been previous years where there's been a clear number one or maybe even two or three teams that are head and shoulders above everybody else. I don't feel like that's the case this season. I mean, even just looking at the top 25, usually at this time, there's at least one team that's still undefeated. There's not. And really, there's not even a team with only one loss. UConn and Purdue both have two. Houston has two. You know, and and all the other teams in the top 25 have at least three losses. You have to go all the way down to Utah State at number 17. They've got two losses. But beyond that, it's three, four, five, and even six losses in the top 25. There's a lot of parity this season. And that's something that, you know, I think will probably continue as the, the season goes on. But that's why ultimately I'm not overall concerned about the prospects for Kansas to win a national championship because they've got flaws just like basically every other team does. But that doesn't make me less concerned about Kansas. It just makes me... Um... Are they beatable? For sure. But so is every other team. And once you get right, into right. Yeah. once you get into a single elimination tournament, it you know comes down to the draw that you get. It comes down to I'm, I'm how still you're playing in that moment. I'm not concern, overall right. concerned about their prospects to win a national championship. Their chances because of yeah, all of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I mean, I'm I'm definitely concerned that they're not as good as we thought they were. But I I suppose yeah, there there it, it is hard, and we have talked about that a lot. Like it's hard to know whether they're going to be and it is you know last year was sort of a luck of the draw type of year this is probably going to be a luck of the draw type of year I don't even know what I don't like I still don't even have a good grasp of like what's the kind of team Kansas would like to play in the tournament I don't I don't know the answer to that like you know we're we're into February here and maybe that's a concern like I I don't know what Kansas He's great. Like they're they're great at a lot of things. So don't misunderstand what I'm saying. But like, what is their identity, and what like what is their strength by matchup? We it's not just like playing a bad team like they did against Oklahoma State. Like, what is stylistically the right formula for them? A team that also doesn't shoot the three particularly yeah, well. I, I don't think I mean, that I they. Think, I don't think they match up well against teams that shoot the three well. I don't think that that's a, a strength of Kansas defending only the because line. though that that they can't keep up in a shootout like that. Like I don't even know. It's both. It's they. I don't think they can keep up in a shootout because they're not great at making threes. They also don't defend the three particularly well. Well, but they but they should. Like when you but have the color and, and Harris. That, well, right. No, but but that's a, that's a concern though. Like you know what I mean. Like that's what I mean. Right. Like, but they you're should asking who do they the match up well, well. against? So I'm talking about teams that don't shoot the three well because they don't defend yeah. it well right now. 
those are teams that they like. Honestly, I think that Houston is a fairly decent matchup for the Jayhawks this weekend. You know, Houston is a defensive minded team and yeah. that's great. They, they keep the, the score lower, but I don't think that Houston really shoots the lights out of the three either. Like they have in some other years. Like yeah. they have in some other I, years. Um, so I think that that but, matchup this weekend is actually fairly favorable for Kansas. But here's what's strange, right? Like, we don't, you know, the three-point thing, they should defend it better, though. I'm not going to say they should shoot it better, but they should defend it better. It's like it's like saying you don't want to see them play a team with great bigs, but they should always have the best bigs, but they don't always have the best bigs. So that's what I mean. Like, I can't get a good grasp of what the best outcome for Kansas is. And, and we will because we always do at the end of a Bill Self season. Always. We'll get there. I just don't have a good prediction on what it'll be. We'll see this weekend. That game against Houston, man. I am fired up for that game. Bring it on. Let's go. It's going to be awesome. All right. We'll come back. We'll tell you what's on the network tonight when Sports Daily wraps up next. We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge apply. Ctmobile.com. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.